0: G'day, and welcome to the Aussie Pastor Live, right here on Faith FM.
1: G'day, g'day, g'day. My name's Lloyd Grolliman I'm the Aussie Pastor, coming to you live from our studios in northwest Sydney. Hunty. G'day, mate. He's our producer director for this radio program. Glad to have you here, mate. It's always good to be here. Yes, it is always good. This has been fun doing this program, hasn't it? Sure is. Because as we keep saying, week by week, we're not really radio men. No, I'm not. Nor am I. <laughs> we're television, online, uh, visual men, aren't we? It's like it. we do a lot of things in front of the camera. Very little behind the microphone, like this. Well, for me, this is a first. I'm, I'm not. I'm the guy in the in the back
2: room with the gas tape and the roll of. keys
1: you're the one who makes it go and uh i'm not used to it either but i have really been enjoying it we've got some good interviews today we do going to talk to my boss and he truly is my boss the man who pays the wages george muñoz i think you're going to put him under the microscope i'm going to put him under the microscope looking forward to that then there's sandra ederman yes i've been listening to this beautiful voice and she is one of the most beautiful singers Sing from the time she was a child. Mm, so talented. Yeah, looking forward to finding out more from Sandra Enerman. And our last interview is the guy we play every Saturday at church. What's his name? Adam Ramden. He comes from England. Right up in the northwest corner somewhere. He's a youth director up there. We've had him out to New Hope for a couple of times. A couple of times, haven't we? We have. Yeah, I've really enjoyed Adam Ramon's preaching, his teaching, but his videos that are online—fantastic! Wow, amazing!
0: You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM.
1: Hey, Hunty. Yeah, mate, you've been watching car prices. Oh my goodness! Yes, I have four drives, crazy prices. What four-wheel drive diesels? Now we're both petrol heads. That's right. <laughs> We're talking about diesels and I just called us petrol gear, gear heads. gearheads for overseas listeners. Yeah, we just love cars. Now, Hunty knows a lot more about cars than I do, but I think I love them just as much. I think so. Yeah. Two broke boys who can't afford real good cars, but we love them. <laughs> hey, what's going on with the Land Cruiser? Well, right now,
2: if you bought a Land Cruiser last year and you put 50,000 Ks on it, you can sell it for 30% more than you paid for it.
1: So it's how much are they going for? 160,
2: 150,000.
1: I've actually seen some up around one hundred and sixty hundred. 100. Same. Actually, that, so might, that, that might have been the new ones. Apparently, if you're going to buy a new Land Cruiser, current model, which is the V8 diesel, you're going to pay sixty to $80,000 more from a dealer than the recommended retail price. I've never seen that. Have you? There's a No, there's a huge
2: shortage in, in cars right now, especially if we are trying to buy a tradie. Ute or a tradie tray top. Actually, it's
1: not just the Land Cruiser as you said. It's the Range Rover. It's, it's the Mitsubishi. Mitsubishi. Your brother's trying to buy one right now. He's looking at a twelve months wait for a new car. That is incredible.
2: And even your Jeep. It's gone up in value, mate. What have you got? I got a 2014 Grand Cherokee. And you actually could get more for it. You, how many cars have you done on it since you got it? I've done 70,000 since I bought it. I bought it secondhand. And you, yeah, and you can do more. I can sell it for more than I paid for it now. Wow.
1: Well, <laughs> it's a new world. <laughs> actually, I'm the little brother of the poverty pack here. I've got the, the Hyundai Santa Fe, but it is a diesel. Wow, it's a nice car. I actually really like it. 2018. It's got some features mine hasn't got. Yeah. Cruise control. No, adaptive, adaptive, adaptive cruise, cruise control. Cruise control. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do love that. I'm not going to spend time on that. But even the the humble Hyundai diesel is going up in value. That's right. Is it the pandemic? Yeah,
2: I reckon there's a, a global shortage of, of vehicles. And I think until Australia gets its supply caught up, second-hand cars, especially people who are turning their cars over
1: regularly, are in short supply. Yeah, yeah. And then... We move on to another news story. Oh, yeah. The unsinkable Titanic mm-hmm. out here in Windsor. I know what you're talking about. You're y- talking about the new bridge. Yeah. <laughs> they built this bridge and they promised us that it would be flood proof. So the flood a couple of weeks ago, my wife and I rubbernecking. You should have seen all the people down at Windsor rubbernecking, yep. man. Yep. We go down there and it's the first day of the flood. It was a pretty bad flood. Very bad. It's the first a lot of people suffered in this flood. Mm. It's the first day of the flood and the bridge has gone under, me. What's going on there? And considering
2: they've got the photographs of how it flooded 50 years ago, they can see where the water was up to
1: then and they didn't build the bridge higher than that man they've got more than the photographs they've got the records right. that tell them exactly where every flood has ever been and
2: your brother got caught on the other side of the bridge yeah it's very sad he um he was stuck over there his daughter needed evacuating in the middle of the night just on the other side of the bridge and he was distressed because he couldn't get across to help her
1: yeah in fact we seem to be seeing more and more natural disasters you think the last couple of years in australia let's go out and look at my studio oh mate we have suffered drought. drought. We have suffered fire. Just catastrophic fire. The whole thing we had that last fire a year or so back came right down to the very borders of my farm. That's right. And now it's just a, a week a, or two ago, flood. Completely underwater. I mean it just reminds you again, doesn't it? Luke twenty one, twenty eight. When you see these things happening, mm-hmm. know no. that the time. your redemption draweth
0: nigh. Near. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor Here on Faith FM Gavin
1: Chatelier He's a friend of both of yours and mine isn't he? He's a good bloke And he's going to sing us a song That I have been singing Since the time I was in Tiny little Sabbath school Which is similar for those listeners out there To Sunday school Count your blessings Mm -hmm.
3: Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Whereupon life's billows, you are tempest-tossed. When you feel discouraged, thinking all is lost. Count your many blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy? You are called to bear. Count your many blessings, every doubt will fly And you will be singing as the days go by Count your blessings, name them one by one Count your many blessings, see what God has done Look at others with their lands and gold Think that Christ has promised you a wealth untold Count your many blessings money cannot buy Your reward in heaven or your home on high Count your blessings name them one by one Count your many blessings See what God has done i uh-huh. Count your blessings, name them one by one Count your many blessings, see what God has done
1: I've got George Munoz, the leader of the Australian Church Online. Welcome, George.
4: Thank you. Uh, Happy to be here, Lloyd.
1: Now... Your name let's start there George Munoz uh, have I said that right?
4: well I mean uh, that's it it's how people call me in in Australia but the real name is Jorge Munoz
1: okay so that means you're not Australian born
4: I am not I was born in uh, in Chile in South America
1: okay so. You came across to Australia because you almost seem as like you have no accent. You came to Australia as a as a child, or, or how did that happen?
4: <laughs> no, not really. I, I I do have a very strong accent, Lloyd. <laughs> you you know me too too well. That's the problem. Um, I came uh, when I was um, in my um, early twenties, um, and um, I came in order to to um, be the best man at a friend's wedding. And um, it was in that period of time when I met my wife and the story is is there. Uh, So I stayed here in in Australia with uh, with a wife.
1: Well, actually, it's true. I have known you for a long time and I just learned something about you. I never knew that you met your wife in Australia because she's – you're from – so what country are you from? Chile, isn't it? I'm originally from Chile. Is your wife Chilean too? She is a bit of a mix. Her mom is from
4: Spain. The father is half Japanese, half Chilean. But um, she grew up in, in Chile and she came to Australia when she was 12 years of age. So, yes, I met her here in, uh, in Melbourne.
1: Well, then Australia has been very good to you because you're a father, am I correct? Yes, indeed. And you're a grandfather?
4: Yep. I have a beautiful granddaughter, uh, she's uh, one and a half years
1: old. So you're married, you're a grandfather, but you're also a pastor and you do have a unique one-off job. You are the leader of the Australian church. How many yep. Adventist churches are there in Australia?
4: We have around 614 congregations um, right across the country and uh, approximately 63,000 Seventh-day Adventists in the country.
1: How many pastors?
4: We have about 330, 340 pastors across uh, Australia that serve in the congregation and then a number of, uh, of, of pastors and, and members and staff uh, and worker, workers, employees that, that work supporting the people in the field.
1: Were you, were you a local pastor?
4: I have been a local pastor uh, for many, many years. And um, and it was a, a lot of fun.
1: Where did you work? What, what sort of areas have you worked in? Uh, and so I,
4: mean... I, I worked um, what we call a church plant, planting a church on the Gold Coast, of course, uh, in a place called Eleanora and Palm Beach. Um, then I was the pastor of Riddy Creek. I was the pastor of a large church in um, Springwood. I was the pastor of a large church also, another large church in my plans, all of, all of them at different times. I was the pastor of Morningside. I was the pastor of Victoria Point. I was a youth coordinator uh, for, for an area. I was a chaplain for university students, and uh, I also had uh, an ethnic church for, for a couple of years. So... Um, Not all of them at once, but but (laughs) throughout my ministry, I've I've been blessed to have a a range of experience. Large churches, small churches, um, older churches, younger churches, and and, um, yeah, a a beautiful um, diversity of uh, of opportunities.
1: Um, Do you know uh, the first church? Where was that? Do you know where that is?
4: Yeah, the the first church was um, Fitzroy Church here in Melbourne.
1: Because the Tasmanians uh, the Tasmanians will argue that. I only found that out well, this year. Uh,
4: let me put it this way. One was the first building. The other one was the first congregation. So, so Fitzroy, how, how does that
1: go? Who was the first building and congregation?
4: Well, let's go with Tassie as the first building. How's
1: that? Oh, okay. Um, I didn't know that. Uh, um, and yet, Fitzroy was the first congregation.
4: Yeah, they, they, they had a, a small group that congregated congregated in Fitzroy, but it was not their own church as
1: such. I'll tell you something Um, else you don't know, George. Sure. I had a great-grandmother whose name was Jessie, and Uh she had a daughter whose name was Rosa, and they both went to a big tent outreach meeting in Melbourne, and they were early members of Fitzroy Adventist Church there in Melbourne, and I went there a a year or so back, and I went out the back, I don't know whether you've done this, and they've got a board of the early members, and there was my great-grandmother and my grandmother.
5: Wow, look at that.
1: Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, it is incredible, isn't it, really? okay, wonderful. So we have been here a fair while. Why is it? I'm going to ask this question, and I I asked another one of our leaders the same question. I I went to the barber the other day. I got my hair cut, and he said, what do you do? And I said, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist pastor. And he looked at me real strange. Now, this is a guy that's only two kilometers up the road from where I worship. And he looked at me strange, and he said, What is that? Why is it that so few Aussies seem to know who we are in the fact that there's 63,000 of us in the country, there's over 600 pastors, we are everywhere. What's going on?
4: (laughs) Well, it it can go both ways because um, there are some people that do know us well and some others that don't know us well, and I guess that's part of the challenge. We we must continue telling people about Jesus Christ. We need to tell people about the Bible and what um, Jesus means to us and what he can do for others. Much more than uh, about my local church. It's, it's when people get interested and they say, well, I would like to know more about what you have to offer. But I guess um, throughout the years we have been a little bit more Um, focused in telling people about the good news of salvation rather than about my local church per per se. Um, That's that's not a
1: bad thing either, is it?
4: No, it's a good thing. And and, and look, we we have a number of things um, that we are known for. Um, We we have hospitals, medical uh, institutions. We've got um, um, factories, health um, factories, we're um, talking about with,
1: Sydney Adventist Hospital, we're talking about sanitarium and, health foods.
4: Correct, and, and, and our aged care facilities and our educational facilities. But the interesting thing is that we work on a principle, let your left hand um, not know what the right is doing. And so if, if we are actually doing something, we want people to benefit from that rather than to tell them who we are. And so there's a a lot of people that recognize these um, entities and and these wonderful um, ministries but they don't know that we are running them, well, and that's uh, right. and that's okay. Yeah, and uh, that's okay. Mm. But but I think it's important as well for people to to know a little bit more. We 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 are we are trying a little bit harder these days to to make sure that the two of them are connected and, and combined.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right there. A lot of people don't know that the Adventist Church owns, even though it's in the name, Sydney Adventist Hospital. They don't know that the Adventist Church owns and operates sanitarium. Well, they don't know that the Adventist church actually owns and operates one of the biggest private school systems in Australia, and yet they do, and I, and I think you're right on that. Hey, um, do you belong to a local church?
4: I am a member of Ringwood Seventh-day Adventist Church here in Melbourne, yes.
1: So briefly tell me, if I were to go into your church on any Saturday morning,
4: you see um, preaching of the Word of God. You see uh, invitation to commune with God through prayer. You see the reading of Scripture and the centrality of the Word of God. You see um, uh, people singing, people uh, worshiping God through music. So you, you're going to see a community of faith uh, trying to connect with God and connecting with God and listening to His voice.
1: Are people are people who are not Adventist just uh-huh. walking past that church? Are they welcome yes. to come in? And when they come in, will they get a friendly, uh, you know, welcome to the church? Or have you got to be a member to go into a local Adventist church? How does that work? You don't have to be a
4: Seventh-day Adventist to belong And So that, that is really important because anybody... Whenever they want to come, they are welcome to attend and they, and they will be, um, welcomed by, by the members of a local church.
1: In fact, we encourage you, if you're listening to this and you've never been to a local Adventist church, find out where your local Adventist church is. Walk in through that front door. You are going to get a friendly welcome. And we just love visitors. It's what the church is pretty much built for, is for visitors to have people it, come exactly, in. Exactly. It's exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. And not only that,
4: it's if they if they go and they say how come you're here just tell them <laughs> that we told you through this radio program to go and check it out
1: uh, look i've never been to a church that wouldn't welcome and want people from the community to come in fact uh, our our doors are wide open hey on that um the Adventist Church in Australia, is it, is it growing or is it dying? And the reason I ask that is because you look at a lot of other denominations, Christian denominations in Australia, they are really struggling. I mean, they're going backwards at a rate of knots. I live in a community where a church has just closed just this last Sunday. Very sad. And so the Christian church, I think most of us would admit, is struggling a bit. How about Adventism? How are they going in Australia? Pastor?
4: You know, friend, that's a really good question because we are struggling as well. We are not going backwards numerically, statistically, um, but Probably the 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 rate of growth it is not one that we would want to have. Everybody would want to have a greater uh, growth.
1: Do you know um, what that rate is?
4: Yes, it's 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 one point six one point seven percent, which is fairly fairly small, fairly small.
1: Would that be? Um, would that when when we say it's one point six one point seven, would that come just from a uh, uh, children being born into the movement, or or, or do you think it, it, it's it's a bit more than that?
4: No, we are measuring just the uh, the people that um, become Adventist, and um, we 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 take into consideration everybody, of course. Um, we we haven't just counted the the children that are born within within the Adventist movement. We don't count heads; we count baptisms, mm-hmm. and we, as a Seventh-day Adventist Church. Uh, do not practice infant bant- baptisms. Um, so you have to be aware and conscious of making a personal commitment to Jesus Christ. So um, in order for, for us to, to, to see that growth, we, we count the numbers of people that um, decide to become Seventh-day Adventists. Okay, so it
1: is it is real. When you say one6 1.7%, 1. it is Correct. real growth. Um, is the Australian Adventist Church Protestant?
4: We we are a Protestant church. We are from the Protestant tradition. Um, we were born uh, in the 1800s um, out of a, a movement in in the United States. But yes, the answer is yes. We are from a from a Protestant tradition.
1: So the Adventist Church in Australia does have doctrinal similarities with other Protestant churches.
4: Yes. Definitely. Um, like most Protestant uh, churches, we do have a very strong belief in the in the Word of God as the only source of uh, value and and uh, and faith for 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 our belief. We we put the the centrality of the Bible is is extremely important for us. We uh, believe in salvation by grace alone. We we don't have to um, earn it. Uh, through works but we believe that we are saved by faith in Jesus Christ we we believe also in the in the second coming of Jesus Christ uh, and uh, we, live, we believe in baptism by immersion so there's a number of things that we have in common with many uh, Protestant um, denominations
1: mm, Well that's good to hear Does the Adventist Church in Australia have doctrinal differences with the other Protestant churches or are we not far away?
4: yeah look we 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 have those similarities but we do have some unique uh differences and and um, those differences are uh, probably more highlighted in 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 the in our name the name seventh day we of course um, highlights the fact that um, we worship on the sabbath and the sabbath for us is the 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 mm-hmm. seventh day saturday for us um, and we believe that that is a wonderful, wonderful gift for humanity. And um, we believe that we worship on that day, um, not in order to be saved, but because as an act of obedience and and thankfulness to what God has done, we we keep um, worshiping the day Jesus Christ uh, kept. So that probably is, is one... Big one. Mm. Uh, the other one is Adventist. The, the the term Adventist. We believe that Jesus Christ is coming back in a in a physical, real, um, visible way, and we believe he's coming back quite soon. Mm. In actual fact, mm. we've been preaching about his soon return for for many years, and we look forward to to see him face to face. So, those two are just. Some of, of, of the ones that are, you know, I, I'm, I'm highlighting because mm, they're they mm. part
6: of, of our name.
1: Yeah, 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 they are. Um, actually, the, the, the thing is that I'm, what I like about being a Seventh day Adventist is that we are very, very centered on the Bible, what the Bible teaches, what the Bible says. If it's not there, we don't teach it. If it is there, we do. Um, Correct. Correct. Now, yes. you're a young leader. You are, you are younger than me, my friend. And I'm going to put this in because you are the boss. I'm your senior. I'm your senior (laughs) in age and in time because I reckon that I came out of college one to two years in front of you. Is that correct? Probably one. One. So you came, so you came to the Gold Coast in my second year. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna claim to be your senior. That's about <laughs> as good as it's ever gonna get. Um, but you are a young leader. You are actually a fairly young leader in our church. Where do you, and, and this is my last question, and, and it's one of sure. vision, and I know you are a man of vision. Where do you see the church in 20 years? <sighs>
4: well I, I would like to see the the church in heaven mm. um, i would like for, for us to be with with the Lord mm. um, and um, enjoying eternity with him mm. but if that doesn 't happen i I would like to to dream of a uh, an exhilarating church a church that is alive a church that is completely sold out for christ a church that is living out their faith and that's probably one of the hardest things for us in this country Mm -hmm. um people don't want to hear too much but they are happy to see they're they're happy to experience it they're they're happy to see the faith in action of of their neighbors and and I, i pray that we may we may invite um, all our listeners and, our, and and all our members that that believe in the Word of God, not to just say it, not mm-hmm. to just uh, share it uh, through, through their mouth, but live it, live it. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the relationship that they have with Jesus Christ. Make sure that their faith is real, because it's through that when people say, every time I look at that person, I, I get a feeling that, That person has something that I don't have. Mm -hmm. And not to leave their faith for eternity, but leave it now. Live eternity now. Mm -hmm. Be people of hope. We we would love to see that every single member is someone that leaves the hope that we have Mm -hmm. in Jesus Christ.
1: Thank you, George Munoz, the leader of the Australian Church. Well, thank
4: you very much, Lloyd, for the invitation and the opportunity to share with all the listeners
0: right across the country.
1: We hope to talk to you again.
0: Bye. Bye Bye-bye. God bless. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. You
1: know, Hunty, when George turned up on the Gold Coast, that's where we were 30 years ago. Yep. I'm an intern. Yep. I reckon he's got it wrong. I'm not one year in front of him. I'm two years in front of him. Well, you've got the microphone. <laughs> we're,
2: we're making the truth right now.
1: <laughs> I, he turned up in my third year. I work with him for one year, and it was a joy. I'm not just saying this because he's the boss and pays the wages, actually. he's still on the line. Don't we <laughs> <laughs> he was a joy to work with. Yes, he's a good a man. A very affable man, always positive. And you know what? He can really... Really preach. Amen. If you ever get a chance to hear Pastor George preach, boy, I tell you what, you will. He really is. He's one of the better preachers I have heard. And he's a great storyteller as well. Yeah, he is a great (laughs) storyteller. This next song from Melissa Otto. You know, I know Melissa. Yeah, me too. Otto is no longer her last name. Did you know that? I know know she's married. She is married. She married Jason. I'm not going to tell you what her last name is because this is her... What do you call it when you... Stage name. It is a stage name, isn't it? But it's a maiden name too, I think. You know, they gave me 700. uh, These guys, uh, Faith FM, gave me 700 songs. Right. I can choose from 700 songs. And so I'm going through, and I'm truly doing this, I'm going through every single song. And some I like, many I don't. You're only ever going to hear songs on this program that Lloyd Grollam and the Aussie pass like. That's right. I haven't heard one song From Melissa Otto That I don't like And this is one of them Ah, It's such a beautiful song When it all goes quiet
7: When it all goes quiet And I stop trying To fill all the spaces I remember I hear a still small voice from the one i know calling me home when it all goes quiet i hear your love calling me i hear your love calling me nothing sounds as sweet when it all goes Everything separates us Apart from when I turn away Cause I am your child. You reconcile us And you feel nothing for me but love Where do I hide? I hate
1: Tell you something about Melissa, I bet you don't know. What's that? Her grandfather was one of the most fou- powerful, fiery preachers I've ever heard. Wow. Did you know that? Actually, it does ring a bell that, that she's related right to preaching royalty. His name is Pastor Otto. He passed That's right. away quite I don't know his first name. That's right. He passed away quite some time ago. But man, was I remember as a young fellow listening to him. He was such a Fabulous preacher. And now he's got this granddaughter who just sings the most beautiful music. Mm. Every time I listen to her music, I get blessed. Mm. Me too. Hey, hunty. Yeah. i got four kids. Me too. That's right. My kids are, I've got a daughter who's a nurse. She's 22. Mm-hmm. Got a boyfriend. I reckon she's going to get married soon. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> um I've got a son who's 21, studying business at university. Cool. I've got another daughter who's 19, and she's studying at Avondale University College to be a a primary teacher. Cool. She's in the first of a four-year course. Then I've got a, a little son. I love him too. I love them all, but this guy, the little fella, he's a very interesting little fella. He's 14. Yep. The two girls are not interested in this, but the two boys... Very, very interesting You've got to be careful on radio I don't want to say they're obsessed It's something we've really got to watch mm. Online games Yeah, it's a, that's a big question, that one Did your kids get into online games? They sure
2: did Even though your kids are older Yeah, my eldest is
1: 30 Yeah, that's oh, because you're a lot older than I've, me so. I've got two that are married In fact, you're about to become a grandfather Yes not Not long Now, tell me, online games What do you know about online games? Well... I could some information that would
2: surprise you. Do you know that children between the ages of two and five learn to operate smartphones perfectly even before they learn to type
1: their own shoes? Do you remember what a couple of weeks ago Dr. Ross Grant said about brain explosions? Yes. How kids under five have a brain explosion. Yep. And that's why a five year old kid, because their brains are growing can actually operate a mobile phone better than my 83 or 4-year-old <laughs> father. Is that so, right? That's so true. Yeah, and, they, and sometimes they're operating phone, phones better than us. Oh, so are you saying that kids from five years of age onwards are into games? Unfortunately, yes. Uh, do you realise that uh, one month after
2: CAD, which is Call of Duty, a very popular online war game, a month after it was released, their service had clocked up 68,000 human minutes, hours, seconds and years in playtime in, in a month. So we've really got kids from the
1: age of five mm-hmm. right through to what age? Up to our age. Well, you're 70. <laughs> you know, the average, the average <laughs> age ju- of players for is... our listeners, I'm joking there. <laughs> he's he's in his mid-50s. I'm actually younger than you. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> the average age of, of
2: players in Australia is, is 33. Male or female? I can answer that one. Yeah, I'm not
1: sure. Male. Mm, that makes sense. I, I don't know what it is, but there's something about online games that attract... Men. Yes. Have you ever been an online gamer? Look, I've
2: got a very addictive personality, and I looked at that, and I do enjoy online games and computer games, but I made a conscious choice because I thought that could be a hole I could easily fall into and never come out of.
1: You know what? You and me are the same on that. Maybe it's because we're into TV. It's what we do for a living. Yep. Um, I just love them.
2: Uh, and I've never really played one. Well, they play into all of the things that we like. There's excitement. There's
1: thrills. Plus, play online with your friends. You're with your, you're with your friends. It's like you go into another world. Look, the thing is... I loved online games from Space Invaders. You remember, when we were kids, we used to play Space <laughs> yep, Invaders. Yep, 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 that was cool. And, and and the same addictive sort of personality that you have, I've got. And I would just play these online games for hours, and they were so basic compared to what. Man, I watch my oldest son up there sometimes. I don't even know what the game is, but some game where he's sailing a ship. You, he puts it on the big screen. Yep. You would think you were sailing that ship. Yes, and and you. you get into that world and it's like you're never really going to come out. You don't have to come out. There's where your adventure is. There's where your friends are. This It's an incredible sensory experience. You know something,
2: Pastor Lloyd? Uh, the doctors and the teachers and the important people when we were kids said, hey, don't be playing all those games, all those bright screens and the concentration is bad for you and bad for your eyes. But did you know that And online gamers make better drivers. They have better abilities to... You haven't played too many online (laughs) games, have you? (laughs) They They have better abilities to keep track of multiple things. So if you're driving along, they know who's behind them, who's next to them, who's in front of them. They can track six things at once. Did you know they have a a better ability to drive in bad conditions like low light or fog. Just get fog lamps, man. And their brains are more active and
1: they're sharper. So what's the problem with online games?
2: Well, that's the problem. Because it meets all of your needs, your social, your your thrills and your excitement, it's a hole you can fall into.
1: I heard of a guy in Japan. Did you hear about this? Yes. How long did he play for? Five or six days without sleep?
2: There was a a kid in Australia just recently who played for 35 hours without
1: sleep and died. Well, this guy, same thing. Mm. Five or six hours, Mm. no sleep. No drink, no fluids. Slumped over dead at the desk. Yep. That's how powerful... And addictive these online games are. I reckon there's another problem with them. What's that? I am stunned. When we were going to talk about this, like you, I went and had a look online. I am stunned at the immorality, gross immorality, that would make Sodom blush. Yes. The immorality, the violence. And I'm talking about literally... Wanton violence that, if you're not into these games, would make you cringe when yes. you look at it. Yes. Uh, did you know that the
2: U.S. soldiers are actually put into gaming rooms and they're actually taught to kill on video games, so they get used to it and get desensitized? I did seeing people blow up and die in front of them. Yep. And then,
1: of course, the crime. Oh. Some what is it? Grand Theft Auto. The whole there game. Few, there are a few
2: games. Yes. Is are,
1: based on crime and, and killing. Yeah, And you get points
2: if you can mow over a prostitute in your car as you're flying down the street at a 1,000 miles an hour. So
1: you've got these games that are full of violence, crime, immorality, and we and wonder, murder. and you don't have to be Einstein, we wonder why out there we've got this explosion of crime and violence amongst our young people. It's very sad. I mean, when you've got games that rape and pillage and kill and murder, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Um, hunty, if you've got children that are in, how would you say it, basically are addicted to online games, you're a dad and you are a dad of four kids and I've watched you over the years. You're actually a good dad. What would you suggest to parents listening to us today? I, I have seen some research on this. Firstly, they say to parents,
2: Get hold of the the PlayStation or the Xbox or get on and play the game. Understand what's going on. Because some of the hugest and biggest risk factors for children is who they talk to, who's who's in their mind and who they're meeting with. Mm. Because there's a lot of people who prey on children. In these online online games. On these online games. And it's horrendous. You know
1: what else? Know what your kids are playing. That's right. Take the the time. Don't use it as a means of looking after your child, yeah, getting them in a room so you don't see them again. That that is shocking shocking. parenting. Children are after interaction, not entertainment. Yeah. Get in there, have a look at the games your children are playing, and more than that, restrict them. Yep. Now, I was interested, I'm going to go back to Dr. Ross Grant, who we had on a a few uh, weeks ago. He said children's minds go through a growth explosion pre-five. Yep. And then, do you remember what it was? Teenage years. Mm Mm-hmm. And so when I've got my 14-year-old boy, and he is bright, Hunty. He's sharp. He didn't get it from me. <laughs> he is as bright as they come. He has a high IQ. He does. When I've got my 14-year-old boy who wants to spend one, two, three, eight, listen to me, 10, 12, Ooh. 14 hours a day wow. online playing games in the middle of this... Brain growth explosion that God gives him between what twelve mm-hmm. and sixteen, mm-hmm. you got a massive problem. You do, and we parents, and I'm a parent, you're a parent. We need to stand up. Yep, and we need to start taking an interest in what our children are doing yes. and protect it. Now, I'm not saying I don't think you or me, Hunter, are saying that they shouldn't play online games, are we? No, because I think there's a lot. A Lot of good from online gameplay. That's right. Some good things. Yep. Some good games. Yep. But we're saying know what your kids are playing. Restrict the time. Yep. I don't think this and is balance. that's, yeah, that's yeah, all. This is kind of my the key. opinion. I wouldn't think that our kids really should be
2: playing much more than an hour a day. Certainly fourteen hours is on the wrong end of the scale.
1: Look, an hour a day, there's a lot of other things to do. That's right. And you don't want these games forming their minds for their adulthood. So love your kids. Watch what your kids watch. What your kids are watching and playing. Show an interest in them and protect them because there's a lot of danger out there in these online
0: games. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM.
1: This next song from Carol Robinson, a uh, thing called Love. I never heard it before. <laughs> This is one of those songs I'm I'm I'm, try- I'm I'm going through these 700 songs. Have you ever tried to find some songs you like out of 700? I've had a look. <sighs> <laughs> it's one of the hardest jobs ever. Right. But I heard this song and I thought, wow. Oh, I've never heard of Carol Robertson. Have you? Nope. But I heard this song from Carol Robertson. I thought, wow, this is very special. I think you're going to enjoy this one.
8: God came down and he lived as a man Showed his love as he walked this land But it was too great to understand This thing called love He touched the blind and made them see Raised the dead and set the captives free Gave his life upon a tree Cause of love, you can't see it with your eyes, hold it in your hand. But, like the wind that covers our land, strong enough to change the heart of any man. This is thing called love, it can lift you up, never let you die. Ever since time, nothing's ever been found strong as God's love. He became poor that we could be rich into a world that was sick. The problem of sin He came to fix because of love. can take a life of emptiness, fill it with love and righteousness. I thank God my life's been blessed with God's love. You can't see it with your eyes, hold it in your hand. But like the wind that covers our land, strong enough to change the heart of any man, this thing called love. Can lift you up, never let you down, take your world, turn it all around. Ever since time nothing's ever been found. Strong as God's love. Ever since time nothing's ever been found. Strong as God's love.
1: Adam Ramden to the program today. He's a friend of mine, but he's speaking to us, uh, talking to us from a long way away. Where are you at the moment,
6: Adam? Oh, it's good to be here. I'm located in England, United Kingdom. So, yeah, about ten or eleven hours behind you, I think that is.
1: Yeah, I think it is. So, you are um, in London.
6: I live about two hours north of London in a city city called Nottingham. Uh, you're familiar with the legend of Robin Hood, so that's that's where I live.
1: Ah, Okay, and that's that's about two hours north, so is Nottingham Forest still around, or has that disappeared in the legend of time?
6: (laughs) The actual forest is probably a patch of trees now, yeah. there's not much left to it and, and and it's actually not even in nottingham it's about 20, 20 or 30 k's north of nottingham oh, actually okay. the forest where he he allegedly was from
1: yeah okay i'm just i'm just asking that i, I was interested in that story actually um, and i think it's probably got a, little, a ring of truth of it there somewhere so you're up there in nottingham um you've got an interesting job what do you do
6: I Currently, am working as the uh, youth or young adult director in the North England Conference, so I'm a, a youth pastor for young people. It's a large, large diversity in our conference that we have a lot of people who have, you know, parents have migrated to England or grandparents, so it's it, it, there's a huge diversity, whether it's India, Philippines, or Zimbabwe, Zambia, the Caribbean, okay. as well as. A handful of English as well, (laughs) not many, but uh, yeah, it's a very international and a very ethnically diverse. And
1: you're a bit different yourself. In fact, you're. I was talking to you not so long ago. You're a rarity. Tell us about that.
6: Yeah, there's only about five, six, seven of us in the world. I'm half Icelandic and half Mauritian, so it's uh, there's not many of us. I think there's only my my family and there's another family incidentally who live in Australia. so yeah, there's, there's not many of us. Half Icelandic so as far north as you can get and then Mauritius is a little island in the Indian Ocean. Down near Africa actually, isn't it? Yeah, near Madagascar.
1: So was it your dad who came from Mauritius or your mum how does that work?
6: My dad came from Mauritius. It was a British colony then so he travelled to England as, you know, it was part of the empire. And or, he or, met you your mum in months. England, did he? My mum, yeah. She, she had Come to England to study and then stayed on a little bit there.
1: Okay, so, yeah. um, so your dad's Mauritian, your mum's from Iceland. What do you call yourself?
6: <laughs> uh, <laughs> were you born in England? A brown Viking. <laughs> a brown. <laughs> That's um, a good one. <laughs> um, I was born in England, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I feel British, I guess you'd say, but with strong identity from where my mother and father are from.
1: Now, in your journey, you actually worked with one of the more um, famous evangelists in the world. Is that right? Yeah, I
6: guess. Uh, I worked with a few of them. Uh, Mark Fitney was one, and uh, John Bradshaw and Doug
1: Batchelor, yeah. Yeah, so I, I guess I was talking sp- specifically about Doug Batchelor. I never knew you worked work with... Mark Finlay and John Bradshaw. For our listeners, for those of you who may not know, these are men who have ministries that circumnavigate the planet actually and speak to millions and millions of, of people. Um, did you learn much working for these men? I
6: did. Yeah. It wasn't always like direct, like one to one learning because, you know, they're, they were very busy men and yes. you know, they're not taking the time, you know, with a, with a young, young person at the time, but at least learning by observation and, and seeing how these at least their work ethic and their, you know, just
1: how they how they went about ministry. You learn a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you ended yeah. back in England, you're married, and this, and it's been quite life-changing for me personally, and it's the reason I wanted to speak to you today. This series, I don't know whether you'd call it a television or a video series or an online series, I'll let you uh, tell us how you define it, but this series called Lineage came up. Can you give us a little bit about the background and how that came about?
6: I was youth director in 2016, and one of the videographers that I would work with approached me and said he had an idea for a project, and would I be interested in, in working with him on it? Mm-hmm. I I said yes, and at the time, it was just let's record a handful of videos, you know, in London and Oxford and Cambridge, on okay. a few of the reformers who were mentioned in the book Great Controversy. That's how the idea started. But somewhere, I don't remember when we had the discussion. We, we came up with the idea to make it a weekly series of videos that would chronologically go through the Reformation, and you know, the kind of it just kind of went from there. Where we initially it was just me and him working on a team together. Um, yep. Well. That's just me and him, really. Yeah. I came up with the ideas, put put the, the episodes together, and and we got together and, and started filming it. And then a few other people joined us. But, yeah, that, that that's really... It was, the inception of the idea was him approaching me saying, hey, let's do this, and, and then, you know... Yeah, he was reading it at the time. I mean, I've read it myself as well. He was currently reading it at the time. It's a story of the history of God's people the history of the battle, you could say cosmic battle between good and evil and how it plays out in the lives of men and the, and the different people on earth. So the first half of the book really deals with what was called the Reformation which is a, a time period when the church, the Christian world was going through great change and, and people who had traditionally been part of the, the, um, the main church, the Catholic church in Europe which was the only church at the time, mm-hmm. they started breaking away and forming the churches and it, it tells that story of how how all of those changes in Christendom in the 12, thirteen, 14, fifteen, hundreds came about. And so we wanted to kind of highlight some of those characters and and the, the movements that they started and why they started. them.
1: So uh, what are some of the stories you've told?
6: So we did the, we did the Celtic Church um, because we're located here in Britain and the Celtic Church from Scotland and Ireland and Wales. We, we, we started there. And then we went to the Waldensian Valleys, a uh, group of Christians in northern Italy who were, you know, faithfully living out their, you know, their Christianity there. Then of course, Then we saw other it's, men like Martin Luther.
1: It's not far for you to uh, zip across to northern Italy from England. Yeah, that, 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 I, guess that,
6: I guess that was the beauty of it because we could just hop on a quick easy jet Ryanair plane or... For example, when we went to the Waldensian Valleys, I mean, well, for us it sounds far. For you guys in Australia, who are used to driving long distances, it's probably not far. But it was like a ten-hour drive down there, and and not not too bad. So you
1: you did a a, a series on the Reformation. Did it end there, or, or what happened?
6: No, it didn't. We we then did a second series that covered that kind of continued the story and and charted the birth, rise, and expansion of of the of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Yep. And then we recently filmed another one that, in a sense, went back in time and, and covers the story of the Bible. So we're going to have two series on the Old Testament and two series on the New Testament. And we've also just, we are releasing one right now on the, on the seven churches of Revelation, chapters two and three.
1: So to do these series, say the one on the Bible, you'll be going back to Israel and Jordan and all around that
6: area? Yeah, we travel to Israel, Egypt, Jordan, uh, Greece. Malta, um, yeah, to all the places that, that you find mentioned in the Bible. What a great yeah. adventure. How many in your team? There are, will we travel? Hmm, good question. It varies. Like, it, it can be a same with me and Clive. It could just be the two of us. Okay. But if we all travel, it could be, there could be up to five of us sometimes when we have the behind the scenes and the videographer and the photographer and, you know, so on. So it could be five or six and then sometimes my wife will travel with us as well if it's a long trip that they, they may tag along so
1: it wow. when you're traveling you're staying in hotels or what how, how do you do that in europe and and israel etc
6: it's all been yeah everywhere's different when we traveled in america we traveled for six weeks and yeah. we only spent two nights in a hotel we 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 slept with people's houses or people put us up all the time and you know it was a in a sense of blessing to 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 get people's live people's hospitality it's been times when we've, we've had, to, had to sleep in tents as well so. yeah <laughs> it's not, I know. Always, it's not
1: always yeah i know what that's like
6: <laughs> yeah we sure do
1: <laughs> that's hunting in the background the producer director he <laughs> him and i often go together and we're sleeping in swags and we swag uh, the ones at the snow yeah <laughs> yeah we six or something <laughs> is it a uh is it a, a costly venture and where do you find the money to to do this, because there are there would be some costs involved.
6: When we did the first season, we our costs were, were so low. It I look back and wonder it, yeah. it, it was it was the blessing of God that we produced fifty episodes on on what what some people would only produce one on these days. Yeah, um, it can be costly when we, especially when we've gone on the longer trips, especially you know some of the Middle East ones because yeah. you know everything's. Different. We have to rent a lot of stuff in terms of cars and whatnot. But we've been blessed. We've had a few organizations that have sponsored us. Some of the church entities have given money to us. But there's been a lot of donations that have come from just people who have watched the videos and have been blessed by them and decide to, you know, send in small donations or monthly donations. So those have been what really has kind of kept us going and, and, and enabled us to. to to keep going so really it's our viewers who, who
1: support these days now now i'm here in australia way down down long long way from england um and our listeners are all down here if, if we wanted to watch this video series lineage where would we go
6: mm-hmm. i mean the best place to go would be our website i would say lineagejourney.com you so can go there
1: lineagejourney.com com, yes we're doing something special with Lineage at our church, aren't we?
2: Yeah, we sure do. We absolutely love the series. Yep. And uh, we actually premiered the new episode for the start of our divine service every Saturday, 10 yeah. o'clock, 357 Windsor Road, Yard. Um, oh, yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> <party>. <laughs>
1: um, just a couple other quick questions on this. Has it made a difference to your life, you know, going and, and discovering all about these men and women who've made such... Huge sacrifices for Christ and for his cause?
6: Yeah, 100%. I mean, I I always had an interest in, in history myself, but I find when you travel to these places, if you have the privilege to, it, 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 it's just fascinating to see like, well, you know, that event or that person lived here and there and it just enables you to maybe mentally go back in time a little bit and be inspired by the sacrifices they made or the stories of their life and we recognise not everyone can do that, so you know. Hence, you know, we try and make the videos as visually yeah. appealing so that they can they can travel there themselves as well in their mind at least. But yeah, but personally, it's been very enriching.
1: Um, and as we close, perhaps one story that stood out more than any other for you. Have you got one story that, when you saw it, you just and you shared it, you just went, "Wow, this is incredible."
6: I got a few actually, but but one of them. I hadn't really heard this one and it wasn't actually in our original list of episodes. And it was only after we actually started filming and started releasing the episodes that we yep. like, oh no, we, we, we need to, we need to rejig the the order and, and get that one in there. And yeah. that was the episode on Marie Durand. Okay. From France. And she, she, she wasn't a scholar, theologian or a professor or anything like that, but she, she suffered immensely for her faith simply because her brother was a pastor. Yeah. And then, you know, they obviously targeted her family. And she was put in prison at the age of 18 or 19 and spent the next 38 years of her life there. Yeah, I know that and, story. I mean, that's just, the I mean. it's the, the bulk of her life, the best decades of her life, her 20s, her 30s, her 40s. And, you know, she was released at the age of 56 and she only lived another eight years and then she passed away. But yeah. it's an incredibly sad story, but also an inspiring story because a lot of the other people we see, you know, they, they stand for their faith. They may get martyred. Yes. And then, you know, they, they, they kind of, their de- determination has to last for one, two, three years, but yeah. her determination has to last for 38 years. And, it's,
1: and she had it's an a priest coming story. in every week asking her to recant yeah, and she, give up a faith. She wants to recant. Yeah. She could have got yeah. out any time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an amazing.
6: And I've been, and and we, well, and to travel to that place, the Tower of Constance, where she was held, and yeah. you know, you're there in that room, and you're like, wow, imagine, imagine being in this room for thirty eight years. I went there myself, and you walk into that tower. I
1: went there in the middle of summer, and. You walk in and you just get a cool. Yeah. As I walked in, what I noticed and I talked to Harold Harker, who was, who was leading our our tour with us. He's been there in summer and winter. Mm -hmm. He says it's, it's raging hot in the summer and freezing cold in the winter. Mm. And it's not exactly like it has great windows to look out and enjoy the countryside. It was no,
6: yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Really, really difficult time for her as she. Suffered for Christ. Well, uh, um, have people's lives been changed from
6: this? Recently, there was someone who had left faith and left God and was stuck on an island and could only watch videos and bumped <laughs> across YouTube, uh, YouTube and found lineage, and it led to his reconversion. So, you know, yeah. these are some of the, the stories that do inspire us and, and yeah. will us to keep going.
1: Well, I... um. I, I stumbled across lineage myself a little while ago too and was just amazed and I, I think I would binge-watched uh the first series. That's how amazed I was when I watched it. It's been a great wow. blessing to me. Yeah, I me thank too. you very much. That's Hunty in the background there. He's, he's enjoyed them too. And I, I thank you very much for the work you've put in and look forward to seeing uh, the new series as it comes out and, and may God bless you.
6: Thank you. It's a privilege to be there uh, on the show with you, and also thank you guys for your support of Lineage and, you know, for using it down there. And and thank you that it can be, you know, it's good to hear how it's been a blessing in other parts of the world. So God bless you guys.
1: Thank you, and talk to you again soon.
0: You're listening to The Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. You know what, Handy?
1: Yeah, mate. I really do enjoy... Watching those videos Yeah me too We do have them As we start our church Every Sabbath As we said at 11.15 But Did you know that During the week I sometimes go back And watch them Just for the joy of it Wow They're some of the best stories You're ever going to find About Christianity And you know what I like about them What's that They're short (laughs) Yes Some would say Not like your sermons Lloyd (laughs) (laughs) They're very very short And they're just fantastic Hey Aunty, yep. you're a techie. Yes. Do you remember when we had the little tape, uh, what do you call them, that we used to put into our car? Uh, tapes. We used to put into our car. cassette, yep. yeah. Tape, yep. cassette. Yep. Uh, my memory's fading as I get older. <laughs> you, do you remember them? I do. I remember 8-track cartridges too. Oh, I never got into them. My dad put an 8-track cartridge in the car and he said, oh, this is fabulous. We never, that's the only 8-track, they reckon it was better than the cassette. But I used to. Oh man, I remember when I put. I bought my first car, nineteen seventy eight Honda Accord. Yep, lowered it. Couldn't pull <laughs> the skin off a right <laughs> what rice pudding, but lowered the thing. And you lower it? Oh, I don't Just know. Just by getting got, in it, I got someone else to do it. <laughs> no, I was pretty fit back then. Put a great big uh, exhaust on it. Uh, it put some mags on it. That's important. And a sound system. That's very important. Now you have to be careful with these cassettes because they stretch. Yes. Did you? Do you, Can you fix them once they're stretched or they're uh, done? Once they're stretched, forget about it. One of the cassettes, one of the first cassettes I got as a 17-year-old boy yep. in this, just got this car, this Honda Civic 1978, was Evie. Oh, I love Evie. You remember Evie? Great music, great Christian music. So I'm going through these 700 songs that Faith FM gave me and I found Evie singing what I reckon is one of the most quintessential songs of all. Yes. I love Evie and I hope you enjoy this song too. Give them all to Jesus.
7: Are you tired of chasing pretty rainbows? Are you tired of spinning
1: special guest. Her name is Sandra Antiman. Welcome to the program, Sandra. Thank you. And I call you special because, to be honest, now I know I'm a fair bit older than you, but I can't remember a time in my past where somewhere Sandra Antiman wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) And you might wonder what I mean by that, but it just seems like I was watching you sing for Jesus from a very early age. And... Kind of been going on and on, and I, I wanted to interview you because I actually wanted to find out a bit more about your life, how God has worked in it, and what He's been able to do for you and through you to bless other people because I know you've been a great blessing. So I wonder if we can start at the beginning, Sandra. I know you're a Queenslander, which which really puts you high in my. Uh, <laughs> 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 you Queenslanders stick together. <laughs> but where Indeedy. do you actually <laughs> where do you actually come from?
9: Ipswich, half an hour west of Brisbane, Ipswich, Queensland.
1: So, so you were born in Ipswich.
9: Born, raised, still here.
1: <laughs> is that a good thing or a bad thing?
9: Indeed, indeed. Like, I lived in Florida for a year and in Maryland, USA for another nine months, but I'm like the jack in the box who always, you know, comes straight back to Ipswich.
1: Actually, <laughs> Springs family, firmly planted in Ipswich. It is a beautiful place out there, to be honest. Um,
9: I love it. Yeah. It gets a lot of flack, you know, like can any good thing come out of Ipswich? <laughs>
1: Well, you, you know why I like Ipswich? It's it's not far from one of the best water skiing dams in Australia, Somerset. Come
9: on now. <laughs> yes, indeed. So,
1: yes. I don't mind Ipswich at all. And, and, uh, so you were born in Ipswich, uh, the oldest, the youngest. How many in your family? Tell us a bit about your childhood.
9: Youngest of six, and, um, raised in Pine Mountain, which is a, a country. Um, area outside of the township of Ipswich, although the city limits grew and we're now part of Ipswich, but, yeah, raised um, on an acreage with six of us and um, went through Adventist education through primary school. Okay. Um, high school not, when Ipswich State High and then Lowood State High. So. Yep, yep.
1: Yeah. That would have been a fair sort of a shift, actually, in your paradigm from the Adventist school, I'm guessing the one at Ipswich, into a state high school. Did that go okay?
9: It did. It went really well. It was like 35 mem- 35 student school when I was there in grade 7 into like 1500 students. It'd be high. <laughs> but um but you know, you just they prepare you well for what that transition might might be like and um and I love people. Everyone's just a friend I haven't met yet. So <laughs> 1500 people to make friends with. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, you you said you come from a family of 6, was that right? Mhm. And you're the youngest. I am actually. I went to high school with your brother David. He okay, might, he might be the oldest. I think is that
9: he is. He did some years at Brisbane Adventist College, and then I think he did Year Twelve at Ipswich State High. So
1: yeah, yeah. I remember David well. So tell us a bit about your family and growing up in the Entman family.
9: Um, ambulance officer, father, and nurse, mom, who of course stepped away from nursing to have children. Um, and yeah, we, we're not the we're not the doctors and the lawyers of the world. Um, mm-hmm. we're the tradies and um, although David could have been a doctor, he's the bright one of the family. <laughs> 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 but um, yeah. Just all did sort of relatively well in school but then just got into um, yeah.
1: The trades. Practical work there's nothing with wrong society. with that. I come from no, a there camp. certainly
9: isn't. I'm a tradie, and Jesus was a tradie, so I, yeah. I'm in good company.
1: <laughs> well, we've got we're we're in each other's company because I'm a tradie. My whole family is tradie. The whole lot of them, other than come my my little brother. Um, so yes. there's nothing wrong with that. I'm interested. You're a tradie. I am. What do you do?
9: Glazing. So all things flat glass, windows, doors, shop fronts, shop grid mirrors. So what do you actually
1: do in that job? Do you, do you um, make the I windows? I do a lot of
9: repair work of broken windows and, and the like that so people bring in or, you know, go on site to repair yep. a lot of um, broken stuff, but our, my brother's business that I work for have done ever since I left school. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, we do a lot of installation of new work as well, um, but my, me personally, I'm doing more of the repair work.
1: Do you enjoy that?
9: I love it. I love it. It keeps my arty side happy. (laughs) (laughs) And every day is different. There's something different every day.
1: Yeah, yeah. Are people surprised when you turn up on the job?
9: They are. I remember one lady was... Particularly, like taken aback a girl was arriving to reglaze re- her broken window and she rang the, the Queensland Times and <laughs> about it I'm like steady on <laughs> but around about that same time um, I had just been awarded the world's first certified female glazier wow and so wow. the Queensland Times really ran with that and um, congratulations and, yeah it's a bit random there's not too many there's a shortage of glaziers nationwide so when you're female and then Australia's rolling out the Master Glazier program it was I suppose Maybe somewhat easy to become the world's first.
1: <laughs> Is that a heavy job? Like, I, I could imagine sometimes lifting that glass would not be easy.
9: I know a lot of glaziers whose backs are not doing so well. Yeah. So yeah, you've got to look after your back and um, and try just just not try and prove yourself to you know everyone. Just like come, someone give me a lift because I do, cause I can't lift this all right. I could, but I'm not going to put my back out over it. So <laughs> yeah,
1: hey, that's right. Tell me about your music. When did music start for you? And I'm not talking about singing or playing or whatever. Just when did music start for you?
9: I suppose in family worship. Um, you know, singing morning and evening and everyone wants their favourite, you know, so they would allow enough time for everyone to have a choice, you know, mum and dad and grandma and the six kids. Wow. So much singing in the home, the boys, you know, learning to play guitar, mum played piano, dad played piano too, but mum sort of played better, so we don't hear dad play so much. So lots of singing in the home and then having that Adventist education, those first seven years, primary school. um, Our Our principal was big on having school musicals, you know, and our school would go and take church services around the ridges, um, so that would afford me opportunities to sing, you know, in public, and mum would take me to nursing homes um, on Sabbath afternoons just to sing to the elderly, to sing to the shut-ins, the lonelies, the only. You know, it was just... Lovely thing for her to do when she might have been really tired, you know, six kids and a crazy week and yet Sabbath afternoons was not her time to just lie down and curl up and have, you know, physical yeah, rest.
1: Yeah, she would yeah. make sure
9: we could use the music to bless others. So I always pray before I sing. Yes. I always pray that, that um, that what I sing would, would really reach someone for Jesus. Yes. And that I would not be a distraction. Or a hindrance to him communicating to that person. So I really believe when when I know I've ruined the song completely or I'm having a bad day, yep. I've had to make up lyrics or whatever, yep. and someone comes up later, you know, with tears in their eyes saying, you know, thank you, I just needed that. I know then that that's the miracle. That That's what it has is. happened. What came out of my mouth and what landed in their ears must have been two different things.
1: I call it's that the gift of them. tongues.
9: <laughs> yeah, God's It coming seriously through. is.
1: Because you might sing a song or preach a sermon or whatever, and you're not happy with it. You're not happy. You know there was problems with it. And yet someone will come to you and say, Sandra, that song really touched yeah. me for Jesus today. And you just go, oh. Obviously, before, you know, between what I felt I sang and what they heard, something very, yeah. very special has gone. I reckon that's a wonderful thing. If the Holy <laughs> Spirit is in your music... Well then, it it can really be used.
9: I really believe whatever gifts that God has entrusted to us, um, we have a duty to use them for His glory. As I hear from you know different ones, the impact that Mm. this music ministry has had on their lives and on their um, walk with Jesus, and and you know grief Mm. maybe that they're going through, it it compels you to keep on, keeping on, because you know that you are working hand in hand with Jesus to help. You
1: know, after. I know for a fact that you've blessed thousands and thousands of people around the world with your music. Do you have any stories of anyone who's ever come to you and said, Look, through your ministry, I found Jesus or helped me to find Jesus?
9: Yes, yeah, there have been numerous. Um, yep. And and they are the ones that really just make you stop and just be like, thank you, Lord. You know, this is just not about me. This is about that person finding you. One that sticks out in particular is um, a girl who was self-harming. Yes. And um, had had a terrible childhood. Yeah. And was cutting regularly. And while wow. she was cutting one night, she was channel-flipping and... She landed on 3ABN, and they happened to be airing a piece of my music at that time, and it arrested her attention, and um, she's never cut since. Wow. And she reached out to tell me this story, Mm. and to let me know what had been going on in her life, and what happened at that moment, and... That dear girl um, kept tuning back into Three ABN after that, you know, yes, and yeah. and ended up doing online Bible studies, wow. and then ended up having they sent a pastor come and see her in her area. And then she she was baptized, and she um, I've remained good friends with her to this day. She's not yeah. in this part of the world; she's yeah. on the opposite side of the globe. Yeah. But you know, to know that while I'm busy sleeping on this side of the planet, or brushing yes. my teeth, or cutting glass, or doing some of those mundane things yes. in life, yeah. that that ministry, you know, that network, 3ABN, was airing a piece of music that was transformational and pivotal right at that moment in her life. Yeah, um, It's stories like that that just, you say, thank you, Lord. Yeah,
1: yeah. Thank you. Last question. Um, COVID-19 has been hard on the church, Mm -hmm. people have been Mm -hmm. struggling to get to church Um, Mm -hmm. even now right around the world people are confined to homes you started something that kind of Uh, Again, talking to Hunty, our producer, the other day, I I haven't seen anything like this in recent time on Facebook in the what I'd call the spiritual sphere. You started something on Friday nights, and I enjoy this every Friday night, and if I miss it for some reason, I go back and look at it later. Tell us about that. (laughs)
9: Oh, <laughs> that was me deciding I am not going to make it through COVID if I can't sing <laughs> and hang out with people. So, music and fellowship, you know, was something about a month in, I realized, oh, this is not going to work. Yeah. I'm not going to survive. So, I have a brother who lives just 15 minutes down the road and, you know, they allowed you to go sort of have a one extra person in your home in those yes, three days. yes. So I was like, please, can I come over? Because he had his whole family staying with him at the time, three yeah. of his kids yeah. um, and two of their, one spouse, you know, one daughter-in-law. Yeah. and yeah. A, I they mean, how, how can I have all the good music over there? And yeah. like, I'm coming. So I went over and just wanted to have some Friday evening, you know, fellowship with yeah. them and yeah. make music and just oh, exhale and sing praises through this crazy time. And I realized that maybe... Just maybe I'm not the only one feeling this way. Yeah. Um, Who is missing that corporate worship setting, um, choirs missing getting together, praise and worship, you know, teams missing, you know, getting together. So I just decided to download that Facebook app on my phone and all those years I never (laughs) wanted to. I didn't want Facebook running my life. (laughs) I only have it on the laptop, but no, I downloaded that app to be able to get that live button. Yeah. And um we hit the live button sat in front of the keyboard and just took requests. And bang. And I set it to public, but um I had in mind um you know my mates in my own Facebook group that just you might be feeling like I am. Yeah. And I'm also keenly aware that I went through um public high schools in yeah. Eastwich and Lowood and a lot of my Facebook friends are not um Christians, yeah. uh, people with very yeah. different world views, and I saw it just as a chance to share Jesus with them yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, sit there, sing some songs, we'll choose some, you choose some, and, and let's let's do that. So I did it for two weeks, and the third week they weren't available. Our church had something online that night that they yeah. were all, I said, oh, I, oh, I missed this. So from the fourth week on, we've done it every Friday night since. And um, it's just sometimes with my family and other times with my music mates, um, so
1: how many people are watching that now?
9: It averages from about 800 viewers to a 1,000 to 1,200, actually, I think would have been the max at any one time yep. watching on the live. Um
1: which is incredible, the by answers. the way, that is in we 're into yeah. online ministry to have one thousand two hundred people listening to someone, a girl from Ipswich, singing with her friends, praises to jesus and it 's pretty simple isn 't it? Just a, a little bit of music and, and, mm. and you know a piano or a guitar or something mm. and, and you That's sing <laughs> and, and you take requests one thousand two hundred people what about all up? How many people are watching each program all up? <laughs>
9: As the world turns, you know, and as people then get to their Mm. Friday evening after their busy day of work, Mm. that's when the majority of the views come. Yep. And, um, the views average from 70,000 to 130,000.
5: Praise God.
9: Um... Yeah, so that's incredible. That's really special, isn't it, to think that oh, people yeah. around. And the, and the people around the other side of the world are still participating like as if it's live, and they know it's not anymore, but they know that I'll see their requests for the next time <laughs> and hopefully do their requests. <laughs> so they're all greeting one another, and they're sharing their burdens and their prayer requests and their song choices like as if it's still live, keeping it, perpetuating it. You know, they keep sharing it. And, you know, Pastor Lloyd, one thing that I will say that yes. um, I have been careful not to do Yes, which is not really what people do when they're on social media but I have been intentional about not saying, please can you like us can you share this, can you like us, can you do this I just don't want it to be us trying to promote anything except singing for Jesus and if people Mm -hmm. choose to share and to like and to follow you know, that's wonderful but I'm not going to compel them to do that, we'll just keep singing and so the fact that people are sharing it, that it's gone global Um, and it, I can't keep up with the friendship request or the inbox, and that's getting out of control. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: You, you might know, have so to start a you might have to start a public figure page.
9: No, I don't want to do that
1: either. That sounds like you've got tickets on yourself. Oh, <laughs> well, don't say that. We need to do it just from my, pop, we've, my little We've got one. <laughs> we've got a public... We've got a public... Okay, I didn't page. say that. I didn't
9: say
1: that. <laughs> the, the bottom line is, though, once you get past 5,000 people... Look, if people want... You've got to do it. There's no choice. Oh, if, I haven't got that 5,000.
9: No, yeah. I, I stopped around the 2,700. I said, I can't keep up with that many people.
1: <laughs> but if people want to watch this program, they can just go to your Facebook page and see it live, eh? Yeah, there's
9: a follow button for the general population. Yeah. Population who want to, there's this quick follow and then those public fees will
1: always show up. And they're on Friday night at what time, Queensland time?
9: Queensland time 7.30. So that's a bit of a late night for you folks downtown. 8.30 <laughs> your drive
1: yeah, no, no worries. I've been watching it and been enjoying it very much. We want to, we want to close. I want to thank you very much for spending some time with us today and I hope we You're can welcome. spend some time with you again sometime in the future. But we Will? would like to close with a, a song, your favourite song. What is your favourite song that you sing?
9: Oh man, um Oh dear!
1: Have I put you on the on the spot?
9: Yeah, I'm going to say um, one and the same. I'll tell you why it's my favourite. Yep. I got a I got an email from the writer of the song. Yes. After I had sung it on Three ABN, yes. So this writer then found it on YouTube, and he emailed me talking about as the. Writer of the above mentioned song, actually it was another yeah. song of his that I've been singing that they, they, that he wrote to me about. But yeah, yeah. he offered me this song. He said I've got, you know, I'd like to offer you some other music and he offered me this song and the majority of the music that I sing is ministry type music where it points the listener to Jesus. It's telling you that, hey, it's going to be okay. God's going to get you yeah. through this. Yeah. That's the majority of the music content style that I sing. Yep. Whereas this song is uniquely different. Yep. It's it's me talking um, specifically about God, my belief in who He is, what He accomplished. Um, you yeah, know, there's praise music, direct praise, there's ministry music, but this is just something in between. And because that songwriter gifted me this song, it was actually made famous by CC1 and then Take Six. Yeah, yeah. So it was a very big piece, but he said, No, I just. I just wrote it for Piano and Voice. And, um, That's I'm how you saying it. So it's just an honor to do it. It's about Jesus being God and man, one and the same.
1: Well, thank you, Sandra Enneman, for the interview. And here's Sandra Enneman singing one and the same.
5: How shall I begin to speak about a God that I will never comprehend? So high and mighty and yet closer than a friend, the beginning and the end, the mystery of his holy.
1: song Mm. it's been amazing hunty that was beautiful as I have watched Sandra Enterman grow up because I'm way older than her and you watch the gift of God as she's followed Jesus become more and more and more powerful and you know what I like about her and you were telling me because you know Sandra a little bit too she's sung in front of some pretty famous people and done some amazing things Mm, in fact she's still pretty prominent on a major worldwide satellite Christian Network, 3ABN.
2: There's almost, there wouldn't be a day you could listen to that, watch that program or that channel without seeing her sing.
1: Yeah, and she's sung before some really famous people. And huge arenas, big concerts. And she'll just tell you, oh, I'm a tradie who's a... A glazier. A glazier from, from Ipswich. Switch, yeah. Who sings a little bit. It's not not really... So humble. Yeah, not really true. I mean, what she's doing, we, we talked about it at the end there, what she's doing online is unbelievable. Yes, you know, a hundred plus thousand people. She's not throwing any money at Facebook. This is organic. organic. These are people who are coming online who want to watch her
2: ministry. You know, you, when you see 1200 shares, you know, there are 1200 people who've watched that beautiful moment and said, yes, my friends need to see this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So God bless you, Sandra Enneman. I hope indeed. We, indeed. I hope we get to talk to you again. We're going to do a Bible study. Mm, good. 20 minute Bible study. That's a short Bible study for me. Most of my... Actually, not really. I I love going to people's houses and doing Bible studies. Go there, you sit at the table, you look at them across the table, you both got your Bibles open... I've got my Bible open. I was using a phone until recently, but I've gone back to a Bible. Yep. You got your Bible open. The Holy Spirit comes into the room. There's power everywhere, electricity in the room as God is talking to their heart and their mind. Sometimes I'm the one who's leading the Bible study. I'm almost the third person, yep. third wheel. Yep. Because you see God and the, the person you're studying with interacting. Very, very powerful. Mm. Now, in the last few weeks on this radio program, we've talked about Prayer, prayer. Now I'm going to talk to you about the Bible and why it's so important. Yep. This is so important, this subject. When I'm in trouble, I go to the Bible, Bible. When I'm down, I go to the Bible. When I'm depressed, and I get depressed, I mean, I work with Hanty. <laughs> that will depress anyone. No, that's, no I'm, I'm only joking. Sometimes I, I hope people get our jokes when we're mucking around on this radio program. Um, Especially in the Bible study segment. <laughs> when well, I'm depressed, well, the Lord had a good sense of humour. What did he say? Laughter is the best, best medicine. medicine. Is that from the Bible? I'm not so sure about Probably that. Probably not.
2: Actually, it might be
1: a psalm. Proverb. Proverb, sorry. Oh, anyway. Uh, So when I'm depressed, I go to the Bible and I'm looking for leading and guidance. I go to the Bible. I've been in the middle just recently of making a big decision. You know that? Mm, Indeed. I'm in the Bible. Same. In fact, God talks to me more in the Bible and my Bible study than anywhere else. Now, you know what? A lot of people come into Christianity, millions and millions. There is a percentage of them, and it's too high a percentage, who actually leave after they come in. I know why that is. They don't last long. I was going to ask you that question. What do you reckon it is? Uh, lack of Holy Spirit?
2: Of course. Like but lack of connection to Jesus?
1: Yeah. And the biggest connection you have to Christ is prayer. through the Bible and by prayer. Yep. You're right. We said that the other but But in the prayer, in your prayers, and in your Bible study. Amen. God talks to me in my prayers, but he's clearer in my Bible study. When I'm in my prayers, and we'll talk about this next week, same program, same show, same time. But in my in my prayers, sometimes my own head gets in the way, you know what I mean? Mm. But in the Bible, it's God and yep. God alone. Yep, yep. And so I want to have a look at the Bible today. Next week, I'm going to share with you how I hear the voice of God in the Bible. But this week, I just want to look at the Bible. Hey, Hunty, I'm going yep. to ask you some questions. Without notice, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't expect that he <laughs> How notice. How many... Do you know how many books are in the Bible? Uh, now, when I use, when I say books, the Bible hmm. is actually a library of books. Yes. How many?
2: I'm, I'm not sure. I'm thinking 66. It is. That's not bad. Is it the same number of notes on a keyboard?
1: Oh, is it? Might be the same number. I don't know. I just know there are 66 books in the Bible. So if the Bible was a library, you'd go to your library, there'd be 66 books in it. Yep. Now, this, this, this Bible, a lot of people, it's amazing, a lot of Aussies listening to this program don't know much about the Bible. It's actually split, sure. so it's 66 books, but it's split into two sections. The first section, which is, just remember this, before Jesus is called yep. the Old Testament. Yep. 39 books. The second section is called the New Testament. That's from Jesus onwards. Yep. So two, so 66 books, 39 of those books are in the first section called the Old Testament. Did I say thirty nine? Thirty nine, yeah, thirty nine and twenty seven are in the second section called the New Testament. Does that make sense? It does. I haven't confused you. Do do we know? Do we know if they're written in order? That's a very good question, Andrew. Question,
2: Andrew Hunt. I was actually thinking more of the, the New Testament too. They're not written in chronological order. So, what do you think would be the last book, Revelation?
1: Yeah, even the, even though the book of Revelation is the last book. In the Bible, it's one of those books that we can reliably say probably is the last book written in the Bible. Very good. Was Genesis the first book written? Yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe maybe not. Some argue that Job was the first book written. We actually don't know. True. And does it matter? No, no. No, it doesn't matter. Uh, But no, don't think that the Bible is written in chronological order, but it's cool if you want to read it. From Genesis to Revelation. Yes. You know, I've never read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. I have. I've never done it. Wow. I have read the Bible multiple times in my life, but never from beginning to end. Why's that? I don't okay. think the Bible's designed necessarily to read like that. That makes good sense. Yeah. Like um, I, get, I remember getting
2: lost as a kid trying to read it from...
1: Well, you go, Genesis yeah, is okay, Exodus is good, Leviticus starts to get hard. Yeah. Then what do you Numbers do Deuteronomy? and Deuteronomy, yeah. you're really struggling. Yeah. Judges, it starts to get easier again. So, no, and, and I'm not going to recommend today that you read the book, the Bible from the beginning, Genesis to the end, Revelation. I'll tell you what, Genesis is not a, a bad book to start reading. That's right. When you get into the Bible. Let's have a look at the Bible. I want to have yep. a look at the Bible. Oh, a couple other things I forgot to, to tell you. How long do you think it took to write the Bible? Uh, I have no idea. 1,500 Years. Wow. And it was written wow. by somewhere around 35 men Cool, No women mate The Bible was written by men and men alone And people ask me why did God choose men and not women to write the Bible And I have a simple answer to that What's that? I don't know Maybe because it was a very male dominated culture and society That the Bible came out of I don't know does God love women? Yes. Does God use women? Of course. Yes. Powerfully. And there, interestingly, in the Bible, there are a lot of women who do some incredible things, aren't Auntie. Amen. So women are there. It's just they didn't write it. Right. That's cool. Let's have a look at the Bible, see what it says about itself. First question I want to answer today is, how was the Bible written? That's a pretty good question. Yep. We know 35 men wrote the Bible, but how did they do it? And the reason I ask that is because a lot of people think that God came down and dictated the Bible to these men, the 35, they're called prophets, think that God dictated the Bible and they wrote it word for word. But it's not exactly how it happened. True. Second Peter chapter 1, I'm going to get you to read it, Hunty. Sure. And if you're following us in your Bible today, most of the texts are coming from, Hunty. Uh, New King James today. New King James. Yep. Yep. Let's go for it. Second Peter. So if you've got your Bible open with us, if not, follow along. Second Peter chapter one, verse 19 through to 21. This is what the Bible says about how it was written. Go. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed. Stop. We have the what? Prophetic word. Do you know what the prophetic word is? It's another word for Bible. Okay. So okay. we have the Bible.
2: Confirmed. Confirmed. You okay. go, Which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place. That makes sense, hunty. Mm. Yeah. Until the day dawns and the morning
1: star rises in your hearts. What's that? Who's that? Morning star? Jesus? That's right. Mm. It's just saying, hey, you've got the Bible written by the prophets to Take notice of it, read it, because if you do, and this is the miracle, it's a miracle most people don't get. They wouldn't leave Christianity, they wouldn't leave the church if they got this. True. If you read the Bible, Jesus will rise up in your heart like the morning star. You get up early sometimes. Yeah, always. You've seen the morning star many times. Yep. Beautiful, beautiful thing. Read the Bible, Jesus is going to rise up in your heart. Keep going, bro. Knowing this first that no prophecy
2: of scripture is of any private interpretation. Cool. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God there spoke. It here it is, here it is, auntie. As they were moved by the Holy Spirit.
1: Cool, isn't it? Wow. The Holy Spirit would come and move their hearts and minds. Wow. you got to remember, these guys are possessed. They're, they're possessed by the Holy Spirit. They're possessed by God. And what happens is, The Holy Spirit would come upon them really powerfully. He would give them the message and then they would write it out, but would they write it out in, you know, were they being dictated word for word by the Holy Spirit how to write it? No, no, no. 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 That's why you've got different styles. Moses writes different than John, who writes different than Paul, who writes different than Peter, who writes different than Isaiah, who writes different than Zechariah, who writes different than Matthew. Why? Because the Holy Spirit comes upon them and they write the message that he gives them in their own words in their own way and in their own style does that make sense it does but it is it is inspired, inspired yep. by the holy spirit makes sense absolutely it does it does okay second 2 timothy 2:15 2. okay now we're going to read from the new king james yep. version again this is kind of god encouraging us with the bible go Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker
2: who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth.
1: Hmm. Be diligent to present yourself approved Approved to God. So how do you present yourself approved to God? You are a worker... We that's another need that, to that, be ashamed. That's another thing Christians don't. We'll talk about that another day. Yep. I mean, when Jesus comes into your heart and you get possessed by the Holy Spirit, you are a worker. You are not ashamed. And what do you do? You rightly, rightly divide, divide the Word of Truth. What's the Word of Truth? The Bible. Yeah. It means you will read the Bible. Now, here is what happens, and this is how I do my Bible study, my Bible reading. hunty. I get up in the morning, I give my heart to Jesus, and I ask the Holy Spirit to come into my mind. And into my heart, and when He does that, He helps me to understand what I'm reading. That's how I rightly divide the Word of Truth. So, so the God is saying there: Hey, if you're going to follow Me, be a man or a woman who reads the Bible. Hey, Andrew Hunt. Yep. I cannot, I cannot impress upon you more how important it is to read the Bible. Of course, if you have prayer and Bible reading, Bible study in your life, you're going to be born again on fire Christian. Now, I'm going to say this, and I'm just going to say it straight. If you don't, you can go to church, you can look good, you got no chance. It's the time when the Holy Spirit gets to work in your heart. It's with God. Yep. The reason there are so many ideas out there, some would say even the reason there are so many religions out there is because people don't spend this time with God in prayer and Bible reading, Bible study. All right, next text, bro. You ready? Okay, which one? I've Acts a couple. chapter 17, verse 11. Okay, and also in the New King James Version. Yep. And, and this is a description God gives, Luke, who writes the book of Acts, a description he gives of the Bereans, who are a group of on-fire Christians. And this is how early Christians, this is the early church, the church of Jesus that the apostles set up. And this is how uh, Luke describes the Bereans. Okay, these were more
2: fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word.
1: What's the word? The Bible. Bible. Yep. Yep. They received the Bible. How they receive it? They received the word with
2: all readiness, and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether
1: these things were so. How they are into the Bible daily, of course. You want to know Jesus, you got to be into the Bible, Bible daily daily. Yep. Don't forget that. It's so, so, so important. Second Timothy chapter three, verse sixteen tells us why the Bible study, the Bible reading, is so important every single day if you want to follow Jesus. This is why it's so important. Second Timothy Hunty, chapter three, if you got that, and verse sixteen. 2 Timothy, chapter 3 he's looking for it and he's looking for it furiously <laughs> second timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 this is this is why you need to study the bible every day here it is okay. straight out here we go thanks mate second sc- timothy yep. chapter 3, three verse, 16. verse 16 all scripture
2: is given by inspiration of god and is profitable for doctrine for reproof
1: for correction for instruction in righteousness. Okay, watch this carefully. All scripture is inspired by God. Yes. Well, we already looked at that. Yes. How God, through the Holy Spirit, comes down and inspires these guys and they write. Yes. What's it profitable for? This is why you read the Bible. Profitable for doctrine. Okay, what's doctrine? That's what you believe. Beliefs, yep. they your beliefs. Yep, that's your belief. If you want to know whether the Sabbath is real and fair income, don't take my word. That's right. Go to the Bible That's right If you want to know whether Jesus created the world in six days or not Go to the Bible Yep If you want to know whether Jesus was God or not Go to the Bible If you want to know what's going to happen before the world ends And the world is going to end, hunty Yep Go to the Bible In fact, I can tell you where to go in the Bible for that Can you? Yep Where would you go? Prophecy, Revelation Revelation and there's two great books Mm. Daniel on, On how the world will end and what will happen The book of Daniel Yep and yeah, the book of Revelation. Revelation, yeah. So go to the Bible for doctrine. Doctrine. This is a good one for you, Hunty. For, for reproof. And for what? For correction, <laughs> which I get regularly. Hey, you, did you know? Now, Hunty, you know me pretty good. Do I like reproof and correction? Well, you also get a bit of that too. Do I like it? No, who does? If if my boss rings me up, and I'm not talking about George, but my more immediate (laughs) boss, Terry, to reprove or correct me, do I like it? It's not a good time. (laughs) I don't reckon there's a lot of us out there. If you're listening, Terry, can you give Lord a call later? (laughs) (laughs) I I don't reckon there's a lot of us who like being reproved or corrected. That's right. But that's what the Bible is for, Yep. to reprove and correct you. Yep. And it will do that. You start reading it, you're going to get some... God's going to talk to you real straight. Sometimes He will reprove and correct you in that last one. What's that? Instruction. Instruction in righteousness. That just means instruction to be like Jesus. So watch this, Hunty. Yeah. Uh, go, go, don't go from that scripture yet. Okay. This is very important. The Bible is good and it is inspired. It is good for doctrine. Yep. It's good for reproof, for reproof and, and correction. And correction. And it'll show you how to be like Jesus. Yes. You can see why you need to read the Bible. Yep. Okay, our last text in this little Bible study, okay, Hebrews yeah. chapter 4 and verse 12. I've got that in the Near Living Translation. That, I think that's a good choice, actually, because it kind of makes it very simple. Yep. For the Word of God What's is What's the alive? Word of God? The Bible. Yeah. Replace just for a moment that okay. that term with the Bible. So, so just make it a bit clearer for us. The Bible is alive and powerful. Wow.
2: It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost
1: thoughts and desires. This book is alive, honey. You open the Bible, it'll be wow, wow, wow. Because when you open the Bible, every time you open the Bible, the Holy Spirit is there, he comes upon you, and you are having an experience with God. It is alive. And next week, this same program Same time I'm going to show you How God will talk to you Directly through the Bible Nice i got some good stories We might have to have A bit more time next week Hunty Okay We'll need to We'll need to hurry up Then next week <laughs> Three quick questions Yep A lot of people ask me This as a pastor Yep Why do I find the Bible So boring Oh Oh why That's, a, that's a, a pretty good, good question, question Isn't it <sighs> The Bible? They don't understand it. Probably that's well. It's pretty easy to of, understand. You probably in the wrong version. You read in a modern version, and you should be in a modern version. It's easy to understand. The reason people find it boring is the same reason those who eat fish and chips and donuts and drink Coke and spend time at McDonald's hunty <laughs> struggle to go to a vegan cafe. The Bible is completely diametrically different than the world. It is incredibly different than the world. And so if you are spending your time and your energy and your thoughts and if you get your pleasure and your entertainment from the world, it might take just a little bit of time to get used to the Bible. But give it, I tell people, give it two to three months and as it convicts you and reprove you and starts to show you what you're watching or where you're getting your pleasure or entertainment is wrong, listen to what the Bible says and you're going to find it will become more and more interesting until it will become the most interesting thing you've ever done. Nice. Does that make sense? It does. Number two, how long should I read the Bible when I start? That's
2: a great question. I, I tend to read only a few verses in the morning.
1: You would start off as an early Christian only reading a few verses. Until you lose concentration. Yep. That's what I say. That makes sense. But as you journey with God, your reading of the Bible should become deeper and longer mm. until most mature Christians, at least once a day. It doesn't have to be in the morning, because mm. I know uh, you got to go to work in the morning, so your time hunting would be at night, as is mine most. No, my big time's in the morning,
2: Once actually. in the morning. Yeah, But I find if I read a few verses, I find often that sucks me in deeper, and then I'm checking other parts of the Bible to get more explanation. So I start with a couple of verses,
1: and I end up deeper and deeper. We'll get into that next week and show how that happens. But So just read as long as you can concentrate. Yep. And when you first start, that could be two minutes. That's all right. Yep. You've started. Yeah. And do it every day, morning and night. Last question, where do I start? Well... Go to Matthew, Mark, yep. Luke, or John, Gospels. the first four books yep. of the New Testament. Yep. Uh, the book of Psalms, it's a beauty. Uh, the book of Proverbs, gives you a lot of good advice. Um, any book from Paul the Apostle. Now, that may not that may not mean much to you if you don't know who Paul the Apostle is, but look, just go to the New Testament and start in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. That'll be a good start. Read it and then come back next week and we'll talk further about how amazing the Bible is. Nice. Blair and Emma Lemke. Yep. Came to our church to preach not long ago. I didn't know he was a singer, but he is, and he's going to close this Bible study out.
10: É yeah. yeah. to eat
1: us to the Bible, and as we go to the Bible and we open its holy pages, I pray Jesus for every person listening who chooses to try this this week, that you will bless them with your presence through the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. My name is Lloyd Grolleman, I'm the Aussie pastor, and I love you, but I don't love you as much as Jesus does.
0: See you next week. Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, always to support us, go to findjesus.tv.